0: Welcome to the Voice of Wine. This is Vintage with Brian Bushlack, presented by Mass Mutual Financial Group, proud supporter of the wine industry. Now, the Voice of Wine, Brian Bushlack.
1: A holiday weekend across America and right here in the Pacific Northwest. We celebrate Oregon Wine Month across the region. All of the tasting rooms are open across the state this weekend. And glad you could join us for a special edition of Vintage on the Radio Northwest Network. Up and down I-5, covering the wine trails of Oregon. What a weekend it is. And we wrap up Oregon Wine Month at the end of May. So the celebration continues through the end of this month into next week. But this is Really the main weekend for Oregon wine with all the tasting rooms open across the state. And this weekend, a special guest joining us from Rex Hill and A to Z. Michael Davies is the executive winemaker. Michael, first off, set the scene for us. Memorial Day weekend is such a special weekend for Oregon, isn't it?
2: It absolutely is. It's a it's a great time uh, for people to get out into the valley. The weather's always good, at, almost always good at Memorial Day, and it's a wonderful opportunity to get out into the valley and taste some uh, wines and see some growing grapevines. So, yeah.
1: let's talk about what's going on at A to Z and Rex Hill right now. What's going on in the winery?
2: Uh, within the winery, we're we're busy as ever. We've got uh, our 2017 A to Z Pinot Noir being blended up and working towards the bottling line. Uh, it's one of our largest cuvées of wine that we make. So uh, uh, we've got to think uh, about the logistics involved in blending it, but also how do we maximize that quality. So there's a lot of work towards that. The majority of our white wines have already been bottled. There's some of our barrel fermented Chardonnay that is still just going through malolactic fermentation. And, uh, you know, we, we let, it, let them rest for a few more months, and then we uh, do roll call on the barrels and see which blend uh, comes out on top. So uh, yeah, there's always plenty to do, but uh, it's it's an exciting time of the year too. The, the blending process.
1: Michael Davies is the executive winemaker at A to Z and Rex Hill, joining us on Vintage this weekend across the region. And this weekend, our topic is the soil and community health. You know, here in Oregon, if you're a native like I am, you know we've always done things a little differently here, and that's no different when it comes to the Oregon wine industry. Some pretty uh, impressive statistics here, Oregon. 35% of the total of U.S.-certified biodynamic acreage, also home to over 30% of the B Corp-certified wineries in the world. And I know, Michael, this is near and dear uh, to your heart as well, isn't it?
2: Absolutely. It's an important part of our program at uh, Rexo and e to z We believe deeply in these things. We, we you know, want to make the highest quality wine, of course. But we also want to do it with a greater sustainable value and be a force for good around around town and in the community.
1: You know, for so many uh, businesses, you hear about lead certification, you hear about things like that that uh, you know are positive from a marketing standpoint. But in Oregon wine country, this is the real deal, isn't it?
2: It is absolutely. I think the uh, Oregon wine pioneers sort of set the tone with. Uh, the way they collaborated, they, they quickly learned that they had more to gain by working together than uh, working against each other. And that applied to everything from how to make wine or better wine, how to grow the grapevines, how to sell wine uh, across the across the nation. So that collaboration is extended into the sustainability re- arena. And, uh, you know, to a person, uh, obviously, all the wineries, we want to do right. Most farmers in the world want to do right by their soil. Uh, and I think what, uh, makes Oregon stand out a little bit differently is that we've had that natural collaboration to agree on what is the best way forward. Uh, and that's where, you know, as you say, biodynamics might be part of the picture. B Corp more of a, is a business, uh, approach and a, and a sustainability approach in general is working very well for us. But the, another program that's very important in the Oregon industry is called the, is called Live, Low Input Viticulture and Enology. And that's been around for a long time now, 25 odd years. uh, And it's been very successful in getting people to work together rather than pulling each other apart.
1: This is Vintage on the Radio Northwest Network. I'm Brian Bushlack, and glad you could join us on this holiday weekend across the region. I'm in our Portland studio. We're joined by Michael Davies, executive winemaker at A to Z Wineworks and Rex Hill. Bill Steele from Cowhorn down in southern Oregon. He will join us in about 30 minutes, but you know, we've always tried to be an approachable show since day one over a decade ago. Uh, Michael, you know that, I know that, and I want to back up a little bit before we go too far into biodynamics. Uh, For so many of our listeners who are driving around Oregon wine country this weekend, maybe it's their first time out in the valley or in southern Oregon, wherever they may be, tell us about biodynamics. Really kind of give us a description of what this means in Oregon wine country.
2: Absolutely. Uh, So biodynamics is a a set of beliefs of a farming system that came out of A series of discussions and papers written in the 1920s in Europe, Uh, a man called Rudolf Steiner uh, was approached by uh, local farmers uh, over there in Europe from Germany, Poland, uh, Czechoslovakia, etc. And he was approached with the the conundrum that they felt that their land was becoming less productive uh, and not as uh, as sustainable. So he gave it some deep thought and he presented these lectures uh, to educate people and to inform them of what we could change. And the idea of biodynamics uh, uh, basically it, it incorporates everything from a biological aspect to a spiritual and an energetic. Now, that to some people, that can sound a little bit woo-woo, but I think the, the, the reality is uh, what we need to keep in mind is biodynamics is the parent to organic agriculture. <clears throat> so it's a set of beliefs where you use the, the minimum amount of inputs that you need to, uh it's it's a it's a belief that you try to stay local and use local resources uh, it's a it's a belief that the farmer's footsteps are always the best fertilizer uh it is a belief in biodiversity rather than monoculture so it's a it's a it's a collection of ideas and beliefs and people and it fits so well with the Oregon uh wine industry uh you know we care about our land we are very um uh we speak, pay a lot of attention to our individual sites. We care about place, and biodynamics speaks to us in that way. It really makes a lot of sense. So we don't use any synthetic fertilizers. We don't use any synthetic uh, pesticides. We're using uh, good farming, uh, labor, uh, people working in the field, paying attention. Um, A lot of it is about intention and attention to details, Uh, and that to me is the real secret of biodynamics.
1: It's Oregon Wine Month, Memorial Day weekend. Glad you could join us. Michael Davies is the executive winemaker at A to Z and Rex Hill out in the Willamette Valley. I'm in our Portland studio, and uh, what a celebration it's been throughout the month. Oregon Wine Month continues throughout the end of May. OregonWineMonth.org, a great resource for planning your trip to Oregon wine country. Here it is, a Saturday across the region, still with two days left to celebrate in I guess, Michael, I guess the next question people would have then about sustainability with Oregon being not only a national, but a worldwide leader in sustainability in the vineyards and the winery. I guess as you define it, each winery can kind of uh, make it what they want, right? Some perhaps more sustainable than others, right?
2: That's right. I think uh, the beauty of a bi- the biodynamic approach is uh, it's open to some interpretation. There is a third-party uh, organization called Demeter, which is the certifying agency. So if you want to become certified, you need to meet certain requirements of the biodynamics uh, beliefs and rules. Um, and that's what we have for um, the majority of our estate vineyards. They are farmed and certified biodynamic. But there's a lot of other great growers around the valley here who practice very good biodynamic practices, but they do not choose to go through the certification process. It's always a little bit ironic to me that to do the right thing, to do the better thing for our land, for our people, uh, for, you know, for our wines, our eventual wines that come off the land, um, we've got to pay fees, we've got to fill in forms, we, we effectively make work for ourselves. So it's sort of a, uh, it's a widespread practice, uh, but the certification, there's a, there's a smaller percentage of people who follow through on that.
1: I think that's interesting you point that out because the uh, statistic that I read earlier in this segment where Oregon represents 35 percent of the total U.S. certified biodynamic acreage, uh, we're talking perhaps double that number, right? At, at least that, that at practice sustainability, right?
2: Absolutely. Uh, I, I, th- I I would easily imagine it's double that. And I think biodynamics is just one, one uh, flavour, shall we say again, of sustainability. It's one that is certifiable. It is one that is uh, meaningful and it's internationally recognised. We don't all have to, uh, like vanilla, we don't all have to follow the exact same set of sustainability practices. But um, we all want to be pulling in that same direction. We, we believe in sustainability. We want to protect our water, our soil, our people working in the field and our consumers, you know, the people who are going to put this product in their body, they, 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 uh, they have to trust us. I mean, they do trust us, and we, they, we want to, uh, um, you know, we want to do the right thing for them as much as anyone.
1: When we come back on Vintage, we'll find out what they're doing in the vineyard and inside the winery to keep A to Z and Rex Hill sustainable. That's up next as Vintage continues on the Radio Northwest Network.
0: You're listening to The Voice of Wine. Welcome back to Vintage with Brian Bushlack, presented by Mass Mutual Financial Group.
1: And the holiday weekend continues on the Radio Northwest Network. This is Vintage. I'm Brian Bushlack in our Portland studio, broadcasting and podcasting not only across the state of Oregon, but the region, the nation, and worldwide as we celebrate Oregon Wine Month. If you're out there this weekend, all of the tasting rooms are open across the state, and a great resource is OregonWineMonth.org. Plan your trip. And have a great time out there. Be safe out there, and enjoy these spectacular Oregon wines from Southern Oregon through the valley, the Columbia Gorge, even out to Walla Walla. A lot of great Oregon fruit grown out there in Milton, Free Water, in those Walla Walla bottles as well. Welcoming back Michael Davies, the executive winemaker at A to Z Wineworks and Rexill. This weekend, we're talking about soil and community health. Oregon represents. of total U.S. certified biodynamic acreage. Now, to qualify that, that's certified. So there's probably twice as many wineries that are actually practicing biodynamic, but not necessarily certified. Michael Davies at A to Z rejoining us now. And, Michael, what are you doing specifically? Uh, Let's start with the vineyards. What do you do in the vineyards uh, to create this sustainability
2: we're big believers in using, as an example, we're big believers in using compost rather than a fertilizer out of a bag that may have been, uh, you know, isolated from a I don't know, petrochemical industry or something like that. So we believe in a, a compost spreading compost in our vineyards, compost like we may use in our home gardens. It's, it's like a smorgasbord of nutrients. You're not just feeding the vine uh, one nutrient. You're not just giving it nitrogen. It's not just all pumped up on sugar using a A human analogy but you're you're offering them a balanced diet and the compost is something that allows those nutrients to be taken up by the roots of the vine over time and for the uh, compost to break down and sort of um, work its way into the soil so it's a sort of a a, it's a great buffering capacity so uh, compost is an important part of it Uh, again biodiversity is an important part for every acre of vineyard land. We like to have an area of the vineyard where there's other plants. Uh, those other plants might be something as simple as blackberry. It might be um, other, you know, it might be, be any number of things, um, but what those areas are important for is they, they can attract and keep a certain population of beneficials. And what I mean by beneficials is insects that would uh, naturally um, attack other insects that may be pests to grapevines. Um, So there's parasitic wasps, for example, that can then attack a mildew or can attack a a bug that is negatively affecting our uh, our vines. So by having flowers, wildflowers, for example, uh, in our vine rows, having um, trees, having blackberries, having uh, other areas, compensation zones is what we call it, we, we sort of feel like we've got this, uh, balanced ecosystem, with uh, birds, insects, uh, plant species, everything. And that balance is what allows it to stay in, in, in balance and, and in harmony rather than getting all too uh, out of whack.
1: Fascinating conversation this weekend on soil and community health with Michael Davies, who's the executive winemaker at A to Z Wineworks and Rexhill. We're talking about biodynamics and Oregon, a national and a worldwide leader in biodynamics. And I got to ask you, Michael, do you, you know, this this obviously benefits uh, the fruit and the vineyard. Uh, do you feel that come through in the wine? I mean, can you, let's say if you blind taste, uh, say, a, a, bi- a biodynamic produced wine or from a biodynamic vineyard up against one that's not, can you taste that in the bottle?
2: I think so, yes. I mean, I, I, I think uh, the wines have a, a, a more life to them. They have more vibrancy, more vitality. Um, obviously, it's a very subjective question um, or, or topic. Uh, some people uh, don't believe in biodynamics. They, they, they think it's too far out there. Um, and, and in some ways, I, I think a, a useful analogy may be here. Um, you know, all of us, the vast majority of us, uh, use conventional medicine at times. You know, when we're sick, we go to a doctor. If we have a broken leg, we go to hospital. Um, but, you know, you think about something called like home, homeopathics. Uh, and homeopathic drugs that people use out there to deal with allergies, to deal with chronic conditions. And they work in a way that is on a much more nuanced and much more subtle layer. For some people, they're, they're convinced they don't make a bit of difference. Other people are big, big believers in it. So for us, biodynamics is—it's not the thing. If you've got a broken leg, you're going to get, you go to biodynamics to, to fix the leg. But it's 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 more like the homeopathics. It's about keeping the organism, and in this case, it's a vineyard in balance and in a healthy state.
0: So
1: we talked about B Corp as well, and that's an overall view, uh, holistic view, I guess, of you know employee health, business health. Um, that that's another level, isn't it?
2: Absolutely, yes. The the B Corp Corp phenomenon is uh, taking off around the world. There's now over 2,000 B Corp companies around the world. Um, Some notable big companies include Seventh Generation, Cabot Cheese, Patagonia, Danone that uh, produces... Then on yogurt here, uh, Athleta, which is a division of Gap. So you get an idea of you've got some you've got some huge companies that are uh, putting their money where their mouth is. Shall we say in terms of sustainability? But then you've also got many small companies around the world, including smaller wineries and vineyards in Oregon. Uh, and I think again going back to the collaboration that naturally happens in Oregon, uh, E to Z was the first winery in the world to become B Corp certified. Uh, it's certified by a third-party uh, organization called the B Lab, um, and we're required to go through certification every two years. It's a very rigorous process. It's an ex- because it's third-party, you know, we can't fix the rules. They they uh, have their set of uh, goals or their priorities, and then we fill in a scorecard, we we complete a survey, and we see how we stack up against those values. Uh, and we're very proud to have achieved it, and to have achieved it now multiple years in a row, and to be a champion for B Corp. What, what we like about it is B Corp recognizes that uh, you want to do right by your land and your environment. You want to do right by your people, but you've also got to have an economically sustainable business. You can be uh, as uh, kind as you want to the land or you can be as green as you want. But if you can't make money, then your employees won't be able to hang around very long or your business won't be around for very long. So we, we think, that, again, it's a very balanced sustainability program that recognizes all aspects of what a business is, uh, values, but also, um, you know, how do we, uh, how do we do right? How do we do the right thing? Um, You know, we want to, how do we do more with less? Uh, Some of those principles. So,
1: Well put. Michael Davies, executive winemaker at A to Z Wineworks and Rexhill. Michael, thanks for joining us. When we come back, we're going to head down to Southern Oregon and welcome Bill Steele from Cowhorn. He's gotten so much publicity for their biodynamic practices in books and magazines across the country. We'll bring him into this conversation as Vintage continues celebrating Oregon Wine Month on the Radio Northwest Network.
0: covering the vineyards, spirits, and craft beers each week with the Joe's six-pack of wine. This is Vintage with Brian Bushlack.
1: And moving past the bottom of the hour now, welcome back to a special edition of Vintage on the Radio Northwest Network. It's a holiday weekend across America, and here in the Pacific Northwest, we celebrate Oregon Wine Month. It's the biggest weekend of the year. All of the tasting rooms are open across the state, and now we head down to Southern Oregon to revisit our good friend Bill Steele, the founder and winemaker at Cowhorn Vineyard and Garden. Bill, thanks for joining us. Let's set the scene on this Memorial Day weekend. I know it's not only about wine at Cowhorn, but you brought in uh, some asparagus the other day, right?
3: Yep. Yes, Brian. Um, every year we do asparagus. It's kind of mid-April to mid-June season, eight weeks. We'll do about 8,000 uh, pounds. We average about 1,000 pounds a week. Uh, we pick Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And the, the good news is from a, a sales perspective, we're very well supported down here in Southern Oregon. In fact, last week, Barb had Barb my wife Barbara had orders for over 1,400 pounds, and we were only able to produce about 975. So it's a good crop to have.
1: Well, I'm glad you could join us this weekend. Uh, We were down there a couple years ago for Oregon Wine Month. I had the opportunity, and I thank you for showing me the property and the vineyards and everything you're doing at Cowhorn. And it's an exciting time, not only across Oregon, but southern Oregon as well. And this weekend, we talk about soil and community health. We talk about biodynamics, B Corp. And I, I can't think of a winery in the state of Oregon, perhaps in the nation, that has exemplified this more than Cowhorn. I mean, you really uh, lead the charge when it comes to biodynamics, don't you?
3: Well, I'd, yeah, that's very nice of you to say so. I, you know, I think that, you know, Barb and I have been doing this for about 15 years now. Um, we were the the first winery in southern Oregon. Uh, to uh, achieve biodynamic status, and it's just a, it's a philosophy that Barb and I have shared with each other. Every year we've been married for about 34 years. Um, you see it in the in the fields. You see the, it in the wines. And now, most recently, um, our tasting room was designated Living Building certified. It's the first tasting room in the world to achieve Living Building status. Um, it's arguably the greenest tasting room in in the world. And so Barb and I are are very pleased that the tasting room actually uh, is consistent with the brand. What you see in the field in terms of biodynamics, no synthetic chemicals, you see in the building. Um, So I'm I'm very pleased that it's consistent with the brand, but I'm also very pleased that we did it here in in Oregon. We had about 65 subcontractors come together to build this this first tasting room to achieve uh, living building status.
1: We had Michael Davies on from A to Z and Rex Hill in the last half hour. You know, I told him, Bill, and you know this, you've been on the show. uh, This has always been an approachable show. So I want you to think about what biodynamics means to you and Cowhorn. But before we talk about that, tell us what a living building, what does that mean?
3: Well, the living building is, is, um, uh, you know, it's, it's a certification process that just, you know, it doesn't mean any one thing, but there are seven um, challenges um, and uh, underneath that are 35 achievements. So it's a a multi-pronged approach. I'll just give you a couple of examples. Um, The energy challenge is to be off the grid. So we've installed a solar system and that solar system is now producing about 175% of what we need. And we've done that for well over 12 consecutive months. So we're off the grid there. Um, in terms of water usage, we're net zero water. Um, I like to tell folks that if, if you were in the tasting room and we opened a, use the faucet, each of our faucets over a 20-year period compared to a conventional faucet would save 5,000 gallons of water. And then the last and probably the hardest uh, challenge was the materials challenge. Literally everything in the building has been vetted. There's no outgassing. Um, there's no technical term, bad juju in the manufacturing of anything. (laughs) Um, And so actually, when that first meeting, when all the subs were here, uh, Greenhammer, who was the lead design, uh, said, all we want you to do is bring your tools and bring your lunch because we will provide everything. Even if we run out of a screw, don't bring anything onto the property. Um, And then probably the last thing we're most uh, um, pleased with is that 95% of everything we did not use. You know, excess wood, as an example, was recycled. So only five percent of everything that we did not use um, ended up in the landfill. So those are kind of some of the challenges. And it 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 has been told to me that it you know the Living Building uh, certification supersedes um, lead Platinum status. So it's a very very green building.
1: That is amazing. If you're just joining us, wherever you may be across the region, up and down I five, or perhaps listening to the podcast. This is Vintage. I'm Brian Bushlack. In studio this weekend, Bill Steele is the founder and winemaker at Cowhorn Vineyard and Garden. He's joining us from Southern Oregon. And uh, Bill, we talk about biodynamics. Uh, you've set the standard. What does that mean to you? And can you uh, describe that to our audience, perhaps the people who are listening or out in wine country for the first time who may not know what that means?
2: Okay.
3: Um, I think there's three basic tenets to biodynamic farming. You know, First of all, to take a step back. Biodynamic farming is a worldwide farming system. Um, Demeter is the certifying body for biodynamics in over 50 countries. So it is a worldwide system. It, it originated in Europe in the 1920s. I think that there's three basic tenets uh, to biodynamic farming, just to make it you know, short. First of all, there's no synthetic chemicals anywhere on the property. There's no chemicals used in the fields. And, for example, in the wine, there are no chemicals. There are no additives. Two... You won't find a monocropped biodynamic farm anywhere in the world. Monocropping means all spinach, all grapes, all lettuce. Um, here at Cowhorn, is, as you mentioned earlier, uh, besides the grapes, we do asparagus. We also do lavender. We have about 1,000 lavender plants, and we, we do hazelnuts. So we clearly are not monocropped. Uh, and then third basic tenant for biodynamics is an, it's an aspirational goal, and it's to minimize the number of outside inputs you bring into the property. So for example, what, what, what that really does is it forces the farmer to put the right plant in the right spot. I tell folks that here in Southern Oregon, if, if Barb and I wanted to put some avocado trees out, out in the field, um, they would be a vortex for disease and pest pressure. So what we did is we did a series of analyses you know, back in the day that told us exactly what was optimal for our site. So Barb and I's philosophy, and it's true of biodynamics, is to uh, analyze the land and let it tell you what to grow versus trying to impart your will onto the property.
1: Bill Steele joining us at Cowhorn Vineyard and Garden in Southern Oregon. And, you know, this biodynamic thing, it's not just a marketing thing, okay? I know I think a lot of consumers, you know, might think, oh, okay, you know, biodynamics may mean one thing to one winery, One thing to another, but when you are certified biodynamic, I mean, that is a rigorous process, isn't it?
3: Yes, it it absolutely is, Brian. And, And you're right that when you are certified biodynamic, we have all made uh, met the same standard. Um, so, for example, the the inspectors will come out once to twice a year, and they'll go through our property and, and look at the soil. That's the first thing. They, you know, like Barb and the inspectors a few months ago went out and dug holes in several different spots, and they're looking for soil health. And so, these people know healthy soil. You 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 can tell when something is alive versus dead. Um, so that that is a common standard. In the winemaking, we are not allowed to use any additives. Um, I think that there are now over 250 additives that wineries can use in their wine without disclosing to you and I. Um, biodynamic uh, wineries uh, use zero. Um, and then I think the third commonality is that we all use native yeast. So the yeast that live out there on in the field are what we use to make our wine. So Barb and I, you know, our... We kind of call ourselves the assistant to the grape. And so what we're trying to do is just shepherd the process as naturally as possible, allowing the grapes to express themselves as fully as possible.
1: You spent 17 years on Wall Street, and here you are now in rural Oregon. It's a pretty amazing story. I mean, how do you feel about just the journey you've been on uh, from, you know, the concrete jungle to the farm?
3: You know, I think there's some real common commonalities amongst those both those professions. Um, it, it is a very research-intensive business on Wall Street, obviously. I mean, that's what I did. I was a stock picker, so I did a lot of research. But that is also true here on the farm. I mean, we, you know, Barb is now undergoing a, a mycorrhizal study of our soils. So there's a there's a lot of in, intellectual intensity um, that is here at the farm um, and as well as Wall Street, and, and Barb and I often say we just simply don't have 50 years to figure this out. So there's a lot of reading, there's a lot of analysis um, that is done to help us you know, speed the process along. And I think we're intellectually honest um, about what we do well and what we could do better. And that is something I also got from Wall Street. You know, obviously – not all my stock picks were were excellent otherwise i'd be retired in tahiti right now um (laughs) and so you know just having that ability to be honest about what you would have done differently i think is also true um here at, at the winery
1: when we come back we'll continue our conversation with bill Steele at cowhorn biodynamics our topic this weekend as vintage continues on the radio northwest network
0: From Woodenville to Walla Walla, welcome back to Vintage with Brian Bushlack, presented by Mass Mutual Financial Group.
1: And approaching the top of the hour now on the Radio Northwest Network, glad you could join us wherever you may be, across the region or across the nation, listening to our podcast, This Is Vintage. I'm Brian Bushlack in our Portland studio this weekend. This is the biggest weekend, no doubt, in Oregon wine country. Tasting rooms across the state are open as we celebrate Oregon Wine Month throughout the month of May. If you're looking for a quick trip, whether you're in Southern Oregon, the Willamette Valley, the Columbia Gorge, even Walla Walla, check out Oregon Wine Country and OregonWineMonth.org to plan your trip. And this weekend, we talk biodynamics with Bill Steele at Cowhorn in Southern Oregon. And Bill, you know, Oregon has always been special and unique as a native here. I know that. I grew up here. And what do you think is next? I mean, we continually take things to the next level. Oregon representing 35% of the U.S. certified biodynamic acreage. I mean, impressive numbers here. What do you see next for Oregon wine when it comes to biodynamics?
3: Oh, I, I, I see the continuation of the trend. I, I, you know, for example, down here in Southern Oregon, um, we were the the first biodynamic farm, Um, And winery and now there's three and there's two more that are are looking, you know, to to join the party. So I see that 35 percent becoming 65 percent. I think that we could be on the forefront of the biodynamic trend, uh, both from a wine perspective and a food perspective. Recently, Whole Foods, kind of a big company, um, decided to, to get into it and uh, into biodynamics, and they have a biodynamic food section. So that, you know, as, as Whole Foods says, okay, who can grow me 10,000 pounds of biodynamic carrots? That's going to cause some people to to change their mind and, and look at this um, in, in many different facets of our food system.
1: Bill Steele joining us at Cowhorn. You mentioned the new tasting room, and if you'd like to see this, uh, on your mobile device, your phone, visit cowhornwine.com. Bill, this this tasting room is absolutely beautiful. You've updated the website; uh, it, it it looks amazing. Um, really, talk about you know the biodynamic process, the farming, and everything that you do as a leader here. I know that so many wineries, you talk about Southern Oregon, but not only in Southern Oregon but around the country are are calling you for advice, aren't they? We get
3: a fair number of calls, uh, you know, and, and the way we were taught the business is to be 100% transparent you know, when, when Barb started the, 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 project back in 03, we, we understood that we wanted to be biodynamic. And, um, as we went through the transition, we had some really great mentors, you know, for example, Mike Benzinger down in, uh, Benzinger, uh, in, in Sonoma, California, he said, you know, come on down and I'll show you what I do and why I do it. And also Doug Tennell, who owns brick house up in Portland, yeah. you know, Doug said, come on up and I'll show you, you know, show you what I do and why I do it. So with, the leadership of those folks, as well as Alan York, who is our biodynamic consultant, um, we will answer any question to anybody. We get emails, we get phone calls, and they're like, well, what, what would you do? How would you do the transition? I can tell you what I did and why I did it, and, and that's just the way we've been
1: taught. Okay, now uh, we've got a couple minutes here. We've talked a lot about biodynamics, but these Southern Oregon wines are winning awards all around the world. What are you drinking right now?
3: Well, I, I mean, if you want to talk about our wines, I, you know, I, I, appreciate, I get the question a lot, what is your favorite Cowhorn wine? And I appreciate that's kind of like, which is your favorite child question. But, but for me, when I look at each of the wines, I see the journey they've went through and the struggle that they went through. You know, sometimes it's a struggle in, in the vineyard. Uh, sometimes it's a struggle in the winery. And that they all come out and taste as, as good as they do. I'm just really pleased about it. I think the most interesting wine Um, that I'm, I'm curious to try again in our bailiwick is our newest wine, which is called Moonraker. Um, It is a Syrah Grenache Tempranillo blend. We're actually going to release it um, June 2nd. It's the first red blend we've ever done. Um, In fact, we're, we're scheduled to taste it this afternoon, but the last time I tried it, um, it is not a Syrah. It is a red blend, but it's, it's got fruit, earth, spice, a little bit of tar, a little bit of smoke. So it's, it's a I, I ho- Hopefully it'll be a, a, a crowd pleaser.
1: And tell us about sentience. What's that?
3: Sentience is, they, they like to, or we like to talk about it as the winemaker blend. So out of about 40 vessels, uh, or tanks, I should say, uh, you know, I see one or two that I think are particularly interesting, and I, I isolate those. Um, and so, for example, the the 14 sentience, 2014 sentience that we're pouring, I, I, to me, it's it's a Darker, earthier, almost brooding uh, type of Syrah. And then the third Syrah we make is our Syrah Reserve. And that is in the traditional sense, it's a hand selection of barrels by Barb and myself. And the idea there is just to create opulence and depth.
1: Bill Steele, founder and winemaker at Cowhorn Vineyard and Garden. Thank you for joining us. Thanks to our audience across the region. Enjoy the remaining holiday weekend, still a couple of days left to get out there. All the tasting rooms are open as we celebrate Oregon Wine Month throughout the month of May. Visit OregonWineMonth.org to plan your trip. That's all the time we have for Vintage. We'll talk to you again next weekend on the Rick